I had like a month or two where I made like $30,000 a month, something, something ridiculous. And I was just like, whoa, this, this is absurd. Hey guys, welcome to Creators Campfire. In this episode, I sit down with content creator, designer, and entrepreneur, Olia. Olia has built up a following of over 220,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel, where he makes videos about tech, design, and lifestyle. He also runs an online store where he sells sleek, minimalist products. Ollie is a true entrepreneur and he spoke to me about the imposter syndrome that he felt when taking on his first clients aged just 18 after he decided not to go to uni, as well as how he taught himself the skills he needed to run and grow his various businesses and what it was like hiring and managing his first employees. Enjoy. You also were going down the accountancy route and I, I yeah. went down <laughs> the accountancy route and looking back, I'm like, oh, was that such a good decision? Because even when I was applying to unis, I was like... I don't even need to go to uni to become an accountant now. <laughs> yeah. And I look back and I'm like, was that the right thing? But you, you obviously had thought about it and then decided not to go. What was going through your mind at this point? So in college, um, that's when I started sort of messing around with, with like blog stuff, having like just internet stuff and just realizing, Hey, you know, you can, you can do something on the internet. Um, at the same time, like it, it, I think that's when they, started taking away the the grants so like before like i remember my uncles and my aunties they went to university completely for free they didn't have to pay a single penny um but obviously that changed and i think it went up to like i think it was three thousand and then nine thousand um so i was like oh you know i'm seeing more and more people not benefiting from going to university yet they're having these student loans that they end up having to pay for for many years I kind of thought to myself, hmm, let's risk it. Let's let's try something else and see what happens. Um, and yeah, it kind of just went from there. What was that something else though? Because again, again I'm, I'm looking at myself and I'm going, I wouldn't have had a clue where to go if it wasn't for uni. So did you have things in mind that you were like, okay, I definitely don't want to go down this route, but I do want to go and do this. No, no, no. So like, I, I think I thought to myself, okay, let, let's try the blogging thing. Let's try and mess around with the internet stuff. Let's try... Let's try this for like a year, um, see where it goes, see if see if it makes me any sort of money, um, and and I thought to myself, if that didn't work, then I would go to uni. Like that's how I saw it, but thankfully it worked. So yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we're all very thankful. Um, okay, so you kind of gave yourself twelve months. Did you have within that any goals then? So obviously you wanted to make money from it, but do you say, okay, well, if I earn X or if I hit this or anything like that, or is it just, hang no. on, I'm going to go and do something and see what No, that, that, there was no real goal, to be honest. It was more just like, um, like there's no real goal of how much money I should make. It was definitely a matter of like, let's just see if I can make some money at least. Why blogging? I think it's so, I sort of fell into it. It wasn't like intentional. So like I, I bought a android phone at the time and i'm sure long long time followers will be f familiar but i bought an android phone and i started customizing it so i did the nerdy stuff of like changing wallpapers and changing icons and things like that and just making it look the way i want it to look and then i just thought hey you know i i can see people sharing this stuff in forums and other websites i thought okay let's let's start a blog and have my own sort of space where i could share it um and it sort of just went from there. And then, uh, yeah, I, I saw like other people making money from blogging as well. So I thought, oh, okay, this could be quite a good way to make money, which isn't, I didn't even really think of it at the time, but it, it's not tied to my time. You know, it's more like I just do a couple of hours every day and it just sits there online. 
and it's so funny because nowadays I think a lot of people do go for that vision of working where it's not tied to your time your output isn't the money you make or the income you make isn't tied to your output um and I, I was already doing that without even realizing yeah I think that's great I just like were you naturally someone who could write then because you you think no. some okay so <laughs> wh- how did you go into it thinking hey I'm gonna start a blog <laughs> just so it, it wasn't a blog in the tra- traditional sense of you know I was writing long form articles it was more sort of visual so like me sharing images, me sharing tutorials, me sharing interesting things that I find that I found. Um, and I feel like I still do that now, but I just do that on like Instagram or Twitter or on YouTube. It's just in a different format now. Yeah, YouTube would have been around. So were there people that you'd looked up to or copied or kind of got inspired from at that time? Or was it just like, hey, there's a couple of people do this. I'm going to I'm going to go down this route. Yeah, there was a couple of people. But the one that stood out for me for sure is a blog called Abdezido. Um, and Abdezido was like an art and design sort of blog. Um, and the guy who runs that blog actually works for Google. I think, I think I'm not hundred percent sure he he might have changed jobs by now because it was a long time ago. His name's like Fabio, such a cool name. Um, it's a great name. Yeah. Um, I think it's Fabio. I might be messing that up <laughs> completely. Um, His name's completely like different. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think he was a Brazilian guy. Um, really nice guy and he used to post like tutorials on his abdezido blog on like um how to use like photoshop and how to get how to do things in photoshop and i was interested in photoshop well before i actually started my blog i remember i was messing around with photoshop when i was a teenager um i remember we had a class in school which was like a new class sort of like graphic design photoshop sort of class um and that's where i started messing around with it and then I found his blog somehow, I think, just looking for tutorials. And I thought, hey, you know, his blog is what I want my blog to be. It never really became that because I went down a different path in the sense of I started covering more tech-focused stuff and reviews and things like that. But he he was definitely the one I think of a lot when I think about the time, that era, era and that time when I was blogging. Oh, nice. Um, so, okay, so you start this blog and you've given yourself this 12-month 12, 12 window in that 12 months what what kind of happens with the blog so it it started obviously getting views and traction nothing crazy um i mean i say nothing crazy it was getting like thousands of views a day um that's decent i, th- I think i was getting around like 100 200 000 views a month something like that um which is like small really in the grand scheme of things but um yeah i, th- I think when i saw that traction and i saw hey you know i could i could sell sponsorships i could sell um space on the website i could say advertising but not only that i was also doing sort of design work i was learning design i was learning ui design web design at the time um and you know i I was sort of taking on very small client jobs here and there and i was making money that way as well okay so i find this really interesting how does so i'm guessing you're 18 19 at this point yeah yeah okay so is that not really really scary to suddenly be like ah i'm just gonna go out and get clients or was was that not even Oh yeah, yeah, obviously, like it's scary, <laughs> but like you have to almost be like, like fake it till you make it in a way. <laughs> Where like you have to, because at the end of the day, I think I think you've got to show that you're confident in your skills. And like I know, I I have massive like um, imposter syndrome, huge. I still have it now, but I feel like I don't really let it on that much. And and I and I realize this because 
you, you've got to show that you're confident to a client, to a potential client. Um, and you've got to show that you know what you're doing. And I, and I felt like I, I did sort of know what I was doing. The only difference was I didn't have experience with someone who has like five or 10 years of experience in the industry. Um, that's the only difference. So you've got to start somewhere and you've got to almost be like naive and sort of overly confident in a way. How do you actually find clients? So I remember back then there was a website called dribble.com. It's still around these days, but it's not as popular anymore, I don't think. Um, but it was an invite-only design sort of um, website where you could share your design work. And clients could also find you on there as a freelancer, as a designer. And that's how I got my clients primarily back then. Um, you also said that you started to learn design, but it sounds like you were also quite creative growing up. How much of that did you know and came almost like second nature to you versus how much did you have to learn? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Because I, I remember thinking as a teenager growing up and doing design stuff. And even as, a, even as a child, like doing like art stuff and drawing and stuff like that, I never thought to myself, like, this could be like a serious job. I never thought to myself, oh, this could this could actually make money. Um, I think it's only when like the website, well, I say like internet in general, I feel like especially in the 2000s and like, especially like after 2010 it just really blew up everyone had a smartphone right um and like apps and things like that it sort of all went from there and I kind of just thought to myself like oh you know shit like you can actually make quite a bit of money here um but yeah I felt like I had to learn a lot of things I remember Dribble was my main place for learning I would look at other people's designs and I think to myself okay how can I copy that how can I make it my own what are they doing that makes it look so good and can I do the same still like an artist yeah, it was yeah. pretty much. I was like still stealing as much as I possibly could, but hopefully like trying to make it my own in a way. And I think I've achieved that now because a lot of people do say like, oh, you know, you have this aesthetic and it makes me laugh because I'll even look at like an Instagram comment where someone's commenting on someone else's post and it goes, they go like, oh, it looks like Olia's workspace or it looks like this. And I'm thinking like, like, obviously like it's really nice. Like people recognize the style, but to me that blows my mind. Like, I'm just like, what? This is just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ali, Ali Abdal also says that when he was starting out, he tried to be Peter McKinnon and, yeah. and through him trying to be Peter McKinnon and not, not being him, he's created his own style. So that yeah. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. You've got something to, to start from. Yeah. Um, okay. So once you start, um, when, when do you start making your first like income? Where do you start making th- your first money? I think I first started making proper money when I was like 21. Um, okay. So after your 12 months that you gave yourself? Yeah, like that's when I really started making proper money because I thought to myself, like, you know, I've got something here. Um, obviously, my parents thought this is absolutely crazy. Um, but like, I, I, I was I, I was like taking care of myself, you know, I wasn't asking them for anything. So for them, it was just like, oh, you know, it must be working. Um, but obviously, I was living very frugally. Like I, I didn't have any money, really. I didn't have any money at all. Um <laughs> So I think it was like when I was 21, this is like 2014. Um, that's when I really started making money because it actually evolved. So again, like I had a big change in sort of what I, what I was doing and it evolved from me making or me from me making websites for clients to them, me making Tumblr themes. And I started making Tumblr themes also at, at around the same sort of time, but I only started selling them in, in when I was 21. Yeah. When it's like 2014. That's when I only started selling them and, and that's when I started really making serious money and I was like, holy crap, like I'm making more in a month than, you know, some people make in a year. And I was like, wow, 
this is just going to change. I, I remember the day. I remember like when I got into the Tumblr network, I remember telling myself, I remember saying to myself, yeah, this is going to change my life. <laughs> and like I knew it at the moment. It's, it's like it's like a light bulb moment where I knew, okay, this is going to change my life. And it literally did. That is so cool. <laughs> it, it, it was insane. Oh, that's amazing. Well, okay, a few questions there. Um, okay, so what keeps you going between the ages of 18 and 21, especially when you've given yourself this year where you're not making money? So I guess, I don't know whether it's a now generation thing. I, probably not, because I, I think I would have done this like as well. If you're not making money and you, you're not necessarily seeing anything, how, yeah, how do you keep going? At what point do you go, oh shit, I've made, the, I've made a mistake. I should have gone down the other route or something. I mean, I was, I was making little money. It's not like I was making absolutely nothing. I was making little money. I was making like as much money as you'd get from like a part-time job or something. Like, you know, nothing crazy. A um, couple of hundred here and there every month or whatever. Um, nothing really that crazy. Enough to uh, keep going, I guess. Yeah, basically. And I, th- I think the main thing that kept me going was that you know, at that time I knew I had like nothing to lose. Like I'm living with my parents. Um, I have very low expenses. Like I'm still paying, like I'm paying my parents a little bit of rent every month um, just to cover like my own bills when it comes to like food and whatever else. Um, and like, you know, I'm covering myself. I'm just about paying my car insurance, which was like 1400, 1500 a year, something absurd. Um, so like, I'm just about covering myself and seeing like, the blog, the Tumblr themes and Tumblr and like all these different things, like just grow gradually. I thought to myself, like there's traction here. I'd be silly to just stop it all. Um, so I'm glad I didn't. Me too. I'm glad I carry on. Sorry? <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of us are glad you kept, kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Um, okay. So you finally make the breakthrough and you start making money. What kind of is going through your mind and, and how does your life change? So I remember in 20, in 2014, I had like a month or two where I made like $30,000 a month, something, something ridiculous. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, this, this is absurd. Um, thankfully I didn't go out and blow it all. Um, straight away I started saving. I started, cause I thought to myself, like I'm living at home with my parents and like I've wanted, I've wanted to move out since I was like, since I was like 17, 18, something like that. Um, just because it was so cramped in my parents' house. So I knew I wanted to move out and I had been saving like since then, but there's only so much you can save when you're not earning much. But once I started earning the Tumblr money, the Tumblr themes money, I started just putting that money away, socking it away and not really spending any of it. Um, and just saving as much of it as I can. And I felt like that was my next plan. Just like save as much money, as much money as I can so that I can buy my own place and move out. I think that's a great plan. <laughs> um, so, Okay, so the the world of Tumblr, I don't know a lot about it, if I'm honest, but how long did that kind of sustain you? And and at that point, are you kind of thinking, okay, th- this is me for a, a decent while? Yeah, so I, I thought to myself, look, this isn't going to last forever because Tumblr is not growing. So I thought to myself, I'm just going to try and do it as much as I can. Um, and I just, I released like a bunch of themes, I think like 20 or 30 th- themes, something like that. Um, thankfully, like they were quite easy to make. Um, but what helped was that Tumblr was an invite only network when it came to making themes. Not everyone could just make a theme and, and put it on the Tumblr theme garden. Um, so I was lucky enough to get in there. And it's funny because I had to keep hounding them to let me in. So they didn't let me in on the first time that I think they let me in on like the fourth or fifth time when I kept making themes and like I kept, cause 
I had a Tumblr blog of my own at the time and I would share the themes on there. And like they were getting like thousands of installs, like 10,000 people, 20,000 people using my free themes. So that was my gateway in. Like I was showing Tumblr, look, hey, one of my free themes is being used by like 10,000, 20,000 people. Clearly, I, I'm making something that people want. Let me make premium themes so that I can make some money from them. Um, so, yeah, it was like invite only for like a year or so, maybe a year or two. Um, and in those two years, uh, I can't remember exactly how much I made, but it must have been like 300,000, something like that. Um, and it still makes me money now. It still makes me like $500 a month and I don't no. even touch it. I don't even do anything, which is like pretty cool. Like it's made me a lot of passive income basically. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's actually a really great lesson in perseverance as well, because a lot of people, again, I say, I always say a lot of people, I'm really thinking me, um, like would have just gone, oh, they're not letting me in. That's that or whatever, or tried once or twice. But the way you've kind of gone, hang on, I'm, I'm going to prove myself in the free world and and then I'm going to keep knocking at the door because just because they won't let me in, that's not the end of the road. So I think that's yeah. that's really good um, and, and a really, really good lesson for a lot of people. I think at the same time, when they were when they were telling me, like, no, I, it also made me realize, OK, I'm not good enough. I need to get better. Like I need to I need to make better themes and my design skills need to get better. My coding skills need to get better. Um, so it wasn't just like, oh, you know, oh, I'm just going to give up. I thought to myself, no, I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try and improve and get better at whatever it is at the time. Um, and I like to think I'm still like that now. I think that's a, a really great place to be and a really great mindset. Because again, I would just be like, oh, no, <laughs> but hang on. It's like, what can I do to, to give value to these people? How can I better myself? I think that's such a great way of looking at things. Um, where Where does... Where does Instagram then come into this? Because obviously you have uh, this amazing Instagram page. Um, <laughs> it's just so nice to look at. Uh, and I, I guess that was the next kind of step for you. Yeah. So um, I started Instagram, I think in 2012 or 2013. That was oh, when it I was before. Yeah. Like that, that was when I bought my first iPhone. Um, I remember I bought my first iPhone and Instagram was iPhone only at the time back then. And I, I was really into photography, like since, since I was a kid, I remember. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, man, I really want an iPhone so that I can post on Instagram. So I switched from Android to iPhone. One of the big reasons was because it had Instagram. I thought to myself, this is such a cool place where I can post pictures. Um, so I started posting pictures on there, just anything and everything. And then in 2015, I ended up, um, renting my own like sort of office space slash studio my, my own sort of space um and that's when i really started going in on the instagram because my instagram at that time was growing anywhere between five to ten thousand followers a month something absurd wow. something like crazy and i was like whoa this is this is crazy growth um because instagram at the time was really blowing up and i don't know what was happening but i think the algorithm at the time was really helping my profile grow yeah, I, th I think it just favoured my profile. And I was posting every single day. I was posting a picture a day. Um, that was sort of like my goal. And then at the end of 2015, that's when I started the YouTube channel because a lot of people were commenting on my Instagram posts telling me, hey, you know, uh, I'd love to see a video of this or, you know, have you ever considered making a YouTube channel, showing your setup, showing this, showing that? Um, and I remember my first video was my office tour that that office that i that i got 
and my face isn't even in the camera. Like it's just me using my iPhone to record. I think it was using my iPhone at the time to record the office. And like, it makes me laugh when I look back at the video because it's just so crap in comparison <laughs> to what I do now. Um, but yeah, Instagram really blew up for me back then and it continued to grow in 2016. And then 2017, it slowed down quite, well, I think end of 2016, 2017, it started slowing down. I don't know what changed, but I think maybe more and more people were using Instagram. Maybe my people, maybe my content wasn't all that interesting anymore. So like, it's really slowed down my Instagram growth. Um, and at the same time, like, the sponsorships for Instagram, I'd noticed, had started moving over to YouTube. So I was like, there's so much more money in YouTube for less subscribers. And uh, I mean, it's more work, but it's definitely, you don't need as many followers and you can make a lot more money compared to, compared to Instagram. What was your kind of mindset when you decided to go into YouTube? Because again, people would be like, like, was it a very much a, okay, this is very straightforward, I got this. Or was it, oh, oh no, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm going to have to go and learn a whole new skill set. I'm scared, this, that. Yeah, I think it was a natural evolution of like photography, doing photography stuff. Again, like just being in the sort of creative, doing creative work, I thought to myself, like, you know, I, 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 love, I love movies, I love TV shows. I'd love to be able to like shoot my own stuff. And, you know, I think everyone's got to start somewhere. So I remember just like using phones and other random things to record videos. And then once I, once I started a YouTube channel and I saw that it was growing quite nicely, I was growing, I was getting like 10,000, 20,000 subscribers. I realized, hmm, I should probably invest in a proper camera. And luckily, like I had a very fortunate beginning, I guess, to YouTube in the sense of here I have this Instagram following already, which I can move over and I have money. Like I have money from client work. I have money from Tumblr. I can invest two grand, three grand into a camera and it's not going to be like a make or break situation for me. So yeah, I remember I, I bought like an expensive camera. I bought lenses and tried out all sorts of things, but that didn't necessarily make me a good YouTuber or a good cinematographer. Like I had the gear, but I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and every, I think YouTube is literally the biggest place for like, um, trial and error like every youtuber goes through it if you go to like their first video you you'll see the progress from the first video to now and it's just like everything is trial and error you're just like making little tweaks trying to make every video every next video a better video than the last you say that but like i was i was looking at some of your older videos and actually you seem very confident from the beginning like if I look at the way you speak and like, <laughs> I don't mean to say, oh, you haven't grown in like four years. I don't mean that at all. But like, if you, you like your very first one, uh, providing, I'm assuming you haven't deleted things, um, but like your first one was a bit like, you're talking to the camera and you can tell this is an early video, but you still, yeah. like even the voiceovers, you sound very confident. And then, yeah, the next one where you've, you've gone, which I loved is, hey guys, I've upgraded my gear. I'm like putting my effort into this. Here we go. You, you do, you come across really, really confident and it's like you were made for YouTube. <laughs> That's so interesting because I don't see myself as, a, I don't know really, I, I've never seen myself as a very confident person. Like, um, it's really hard to explain, I guess. Like, it, this is so counterintuitive, I think, because I think to myself, here I am putting my face on YouTube, making YouTube videos, having this following. But if I could, like, I, I would love it on the other side where like, no one knows who I am. Like, I'd love to have like, like, like a, a fake persona or something online where no one actually knows who the true person is behind it. Um, it's, it's so bizarre because like, 
I don't see myself as a confident person, but people do say that. And I'm just like, am I really confident? Like it doesn't, doesn't make sense. You definitely come across as, as confident. A hundred percent. And just a very nice person. <laughs> just, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank so you it, it definitely comes across. Um, okay. So at this point you're making a crap ton of money, which is awesome. So no worries about not going to uni which I love yeah. um, you... I very, honestly like I, I, I do want to state like I know people don't like to say like luck comes into it but I feel like it's a mix of luck and hard work and like it's just like you're saying perseverance just trying so many different things and hoping something works and like I know like I am so fortunate and so lucky to be in the position I am like you know I'm not making absolute millions upon millions but I know like I'm comfortable and like that's always been the goal just being comfortable and like living well below my means. And I just like, I hope I never lose that as like I get older and I, as I get, as I make more money, but it's, I'm just hoping I can always stay grounded. Um, that's always sort of been the main goal for me. So hopefully that doesn't change. Based on the conversations we have, I don't think it will. You are such a down to earth, just chill guy. I don't see that going anywhere. Um, but that's, I hope so. Yes. No, I think, uh, uh, hopefully, if I do ever become an arsehole, you tell me I will become tell you. an arsehole, okay? <laughs> I will absolutely tell you. Olya, stop it. <laughs> Remember that conversation we had? <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> I think there is an element of luck. Um, but it's about putting yourself out there and you've always put yourself in those situations, right? So by saying, hang on, I'm going to, I'm going to go and start blogging or I'm, I'm going to take on client work. Yes. You, you could have done those things and not been in this position today. And therefore that's maybe where the luck comes in. But again, yeah. even with the, you know, the Tumblr premium things, you've put yourself out there, but you've persevered. So You've done the work. You haven't sat back and gone, oh, I just expect everything to come to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. So, that, yeah, I, I 100% agree that I, I think there is an element um, of both. So you have to put yourself out there to, to kind of to get that back. Um, mm. You then, because all of that wasn't enough, you then start um, selling your own <laughs> products on your own store, which, by the way, are amazing. Um, <laughs> and I absolutely love them. Uh, what What's the thought process behind that and... and yeah, why why physical products and, and what was that journey like? Again, I, th I think that was another sort of trial and error thing. So like um, direct to consumer was like, a, has been a big thing. I think, I think ever since like 2015, 2016. Um, and I knew the guy, Jake, his name is Jake Kassan, who founded uh, Movement Watches, MVMT Watches. Um, so me and him sort of like we're sort of friends you could say back then we don't really talk much anymore um but yeah like we, we sort of were in touch back then because he was launching this watch brand um and yeah like i saw him do really really well and i was like i was asking him for a little bit of advice here and there on how to make my own products like i wasn't specifically looking at making watches but um Desmas was like the first, i think one of the first products we we started i started sort of experimenting with mainly because I was doing a lot of like workspace videos and desk setups and on my Instagram, my desk setups were the most popular and people would always ask where the, where the desk setup is from. And I remember at the time I was using this crappy Ikea desk mat, which was like 12 pounds, something like that. And like, it, it was quite bulky. It was quite ugly looking. And like, it just looked very Ikea, like look cheap. Now I'm not saying obviously that's not, but that's a bad thing, but like, you know, I feel like you get what you pay for. That's, that's how I saw it. So I kind of thought to myself, oh, you know, let's try and make, our own products let's try and make a desk mat which is more premium 
Like I'm not looking to sell a lot of these desk mats. I'm looking for like the more premium end of the market, a product that I personally would like to use and hopefully other people will buy as well. Um, so yeah, like I just remember uh, sort of like being like, okay, let's just go on Alibaba and let's see if I can find a supplier because a desk mat is a pr pretty simple product, right? It's just a piece of leather um, at whatever shape you like. There really isn't that much like product design behind it. So I knew I had to start simple because I'm not a product designer. Um, and then it just sort of evolved from there. I was like, hmm, if I can do this, maybe I can make my own backpack. Maybe I can make my own sort of weekend bag. Maybe I can make this, maybe I can make that. And again, a lot of trial and error. And again, it also comes down to money because I, I, I had I had money to experiment with something like this. It's, to be honest, if I could go back and start again, I probably wouldn't start again. I probably wouldn't do it again. When people do ask like, oh, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? Like I, I'll share, but like, unless you have money and you have patience, it's, it's a very hard business to do. Like very, very difficult business to run. You're so much better off running like a, a something that's software-based or web-based or digital-based. What do you think the most important things you've learned from that are? I guess marketing is probably the big one. Marketing and sales. Um, because it's different. It's so, so different from doing client work and working with businesses and companies um, because you're selling to consumers. Now I'm, now I'm selling to like the average person who doesn't have as much money as a business owner does, who doesn't, who, who isn't technically your friend. You're trying to win them over, but with a client, it can sort of work both ways where they're trying to win you over but you're also trying to win them over. But when it comes to like selling a product, you, you literally, your sole job is trying to win them over and hopefully provide like a, a product that they like. Um, so yeah, like marketing was definitely a big one. And I also realized you could have one of the best products in the world, but if you don't know how to market it, like no one is going to buy it. Like when people say like, oh, the product does the marketing itself, that that's just not the case. Like that's just bullshit. That's just, that's just absolutely rubbish. It, it, I'm sure it can be valid for a select few products, but Apple didn't become the most valuable company in the world by just making good products. Like they make good products, but they also spend an absolute crap ton on marketing. So was your YouTube channel and your Instagram enough to market that then? Or did you have to go elsewhere? Yeah, yeah, of course. So at the beginning, it like, I, that's how, that's why I started the store because I realized I have this audience I can, I can market to these people. And that was like my sort of um, trial and error in a way, like my sort of first taste of, of what it might be like. So yeah, like my YouTube and my Instagram um, at the time was making maybe a couple of thousand dollars a month for the store. Um, it wasn't making anything crazy. Um, so once I started ironing all those sort of things, sorts of things out and scaling it up, that's when I realized, okay, let's start spending money on advertising and like really marketing this stuff. So I started using like Instagram ads and Facebook ads and, and like any other sort of marketing I could think of email, email marketing and whatever else. And that's when it started really scaling. Um, and that's when I learned a lot of things as well, because it, it, ordering like a thousand products from a supplier and then those products not being up to the standard you want can just be like the one of the worst feelings um 
so yeah like i i knew like i could make a little bit of money from my audience but for me to really scale it it can't be dependent on me it needs to be its own company it needs to be its own brand it needs to have its own marketing vision and not does it doesn't it can't be tied to me so i think a lot of people think oh you know when my when i when i shared a video of like my the store making like a million dollars in a year i'd only say like i don't even know like such a small percentage maybe like five percent or less than that is actually made through my audience the rest of it is made from all sorts of other forms of marketing wow the power of marketing <laughs> yeah like for sure oh wow that's insane um throughout all of the kind of things that you've done and we kind of touched on goals earlier is there like with any of them how have what kind of mindset have you got into them with is it was it the same in that you didn't have necessarily any goals or was it that you had very specific goals for those things? Yeah, so it's it's a mix of, I enjoyed doing them. So let's see if they can make money. So it's a mix of both of those. Like, because there's other things I really enjoy doing, but they don't make money. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. So it's a mix of trying to find those things which I enjoy doing and hopefully they make money. If they don't make money, then I usually just like give up on it or I'm just like, you know, I shouldn't be investing as much time as I can. Um, so that's how I sort of went into it. Um, I am definitely sort of very entrepreneurial minded where let's see if I can make a business out of anything and everything, which can be like a blessing and a curse at the same time. Because sometimes I think some things just aren't meant to be a business and they're just meant to be fun. And I've realized that now, like as I've gotten older, things like, um, you know, me, me playing video games and stuff. Like I love playing video games and sure I could make it into a business. I could start a YouTube channel. I could start sharing gameplay. I could start streaming, but like that just seems like a lot of work. And I'd, I'd rather just play the game with my friends and just have fun that way. Plus, I think you need some things just for yourself, right? That doesn't exactly. have to be. Um, speaking of, um, I know that you are the kind of person who tends to have like a completely free calendar and yep. has very clearly defined work hours and personal hours. And actually, um, you, you're not the kind of, hey, I'm just going to work all the time kind of vibe. Have no. you always been like that? Or is that something that's come because you've kind of gone to the other extreme? That has come ever since I moved out of my parents. Um, once I moved out of my parents' house and I, and I, and I bought my own place, um, I remember thinking to myself, like, like, you know, here I am, like in my own place. I have a lot more freedom about, about how I can live my life. And I remember thinking to, my, I remember thinking to myself, I, this is not going to be sustainable, me working... 18 hours a day like constantly and I thought to myself I need to have a good balance because my health at the time like I, I remember thinking to myself I, so basically this was when I think back to 2013 2014 before I had moved out I remember because I'd stopped going to college I was sitting at home behind a computer every single day I had put on weight like I, I'd gotten quite fat basically um um, not like anything crazy, but I kind of thought to myself, like, I've got a belly now. Like, what is going on? So I kind of thought to myself, like, you know, I need to start going to the gym. I need to start being active. Um, I also need to stop sitting behind the computer all day and sitting at a desk. So that's when I sort of realized, OK, I need to have a good balance of work and and um, doing other things. 
especially doing creative work. I, I remember reading an, an analogy somewhere from someone where a creative person does things in sprints. So like, you know, you, you'll have a sprint of very, very dedicated time on making something or doing something. And then you like, you'll, you'll take time off and you'll think about what you've done and hopefully get more inspiration and sort of work out how the next time when you do it, um, you do it better, just like an athlete, just like Eugene Bolt, for example, he's not running constantly all the time. And that doesn't make him better at running. Like he thinks about all the little things and how maybe a different pair of shoes or maybe something he eats or maybe some, maybe it could be even a song he listens to before he does a run. It could be all these different things. Um, that's how I saw it. And that's how I work right now, I'd say as well. What do you think when people say that when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work? And therefore it almost, I don't know if it is, but it's like, is that an excuse to work like 20 hours a day? Or does that genuinely feel true, but you still need like a balance? Um, I think it can be a mix of both because it all depends on what you do for work as well. Um, I think I'm lucky in the sense of I have I have a job which like it's it's not it's not very important. My job is like isn't important to the world. Like it's just not. It's like it's not like I'm a nurse or a doctor or an engineer or something like, you know, some someone who really has an impact. Um so I feel like I don't have much to complain about. And you know, nurses and doctors, they can really really enjoy their job. But it doesn't mean they should be doing it all the time. Is that I think it, I think it really depends on the job. I think it really depends on the type of person you are. It's just different for everyone. But I like I really do love what I do. So like it, it, I I don't see it as work some of the time. But I do realize like if I did do it all of the time, then I would find it work and I would find it annoying and hard to do and not very enjoyable. Yeah, I think that makes a whole lot of sense actually. Um, so the other the other thing is is obviously you have over you have employees you've built up a, a little team. What was that journey like for you, and and what was it like hiring your first person? So my, the first person I hired was um, my friend Charlie from college. We went to college together, um, and the reason I hired him at the time was because he started his own blog, and he was he was customizing iPhones and like jailbreaking iPhones and stuff. And I thought to myself like hey charlie like you know we do something similar here he wasn't making any money but he had a blog and like because he had taken the initiative of having this blog and doing it i thought to myself hey charlie why don't you just come and do it for me and i'll actually pay you like you can you can earn some money and he was working at waitrose in like the supermarket and just like stacking shelves um so like you know for him it was a way out of like doing that sort of thing so yeah, I remember it being quite difficult at the beginning when we, when he started working for me. I think it's because we were still in this thing of like, we're friends and like, it's hard for me to tell him what to do. And it's also hard for him to like change in this sense of like, there isn't this super older person telling him what to do. Like, it's just another kid. Cause we were kids <laughs> at the time. We were like 21, 22. So, um, yeah, that was definitely hard. And I think I learned a lot from hiring Charlie and like delegating and actually I had to tell people what to do. I had to tell them when they're doing something well. I had to tell them when they're doing something bad. Um, but I still don't like it. Like, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I like the idea of managing a whole team. I even sometimes think to myself, like, if, if I had, if I built this big company, I wouldn't want to be the CEO. I'd actually rather hire another CEO 
Um, and I'd rather just be like a director, but I'd ha- I would rather have the CEO manage the whole company because I just don't like the idea of like telling lots of people what to do. I'm not that type of person really. I like, I don't think I'm a very bossy person, but then I can be at the same time. It's weird. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> but I suppose it makes sense for you to be the creative and and kind of throwing out the ideas and stuff. But but also, yeah, I, I imagine it would be very difficult working with a friend because that that's not always an easy easy thing to navigate. And yeah, I, th- I think yeah. it's like it's one of those things. But I know it's a weakness of mine. Like I know it's a weakness of mine managing people and and like doing all these things. I think I think I can direct a company, but I just can't direct people. That's that's my problem. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, given everything you've learned over the years, I'm sure you could you could do it, and you'd probably be very good at it. But yeah, if it's not <laughs> something you want to do, then that yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so you have kind of over the years built up like this amazing business or businesses around around yourself, and then kind of back back in 2020, mid 2020, you suddenly get this diagnosis of, hey, <laughs> you have cancer. What? Yeah on earth is going through your mind at that point to be honest i don't even know like i remember thinking to myself this was this was the summer of covid in the uk so obviously no one was going to work like it was one of the best summers but it's also one of the worst summers at the same time which is so funny um but yeah like i remember like having symptoms and stuff going to the doctor my doctor being like hey you know just take some ibuprofen you'll be fine (laughs) And then three days later, me ended up being in the hospital. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I, I sort of knew, you know how when you do the things of like, you Google all of your symptoms and you're going to die and you're just like, shit. Like, <laughs> you know, in my back of my mind, I was like, I think I have cancer. And I remember being in the hospital and the, and the nurse, or the, no, she was a doctor actually, not a, well, a nurse and a doctor. She came over and was like, she like you just you know when you just know something's about to go down like she comes in she pulls the curtain she comes out she comes in she pulls the chair up and I'm thinking yeah this is serious because like if it wasn't that serious she would just open the curtain stand there tell me quickly what's going on and tell me to go home but I just knew like okay this is going to be this is going to be a serious thing and that like yeah that's when I found out that I had the cancer and it sort of just went from there, basically. Like, I remember you came out with a video as well about Oh, about that it. video was hard to do. Yeah, right? Hard like, to do. It was I, hard I, to watch. <laughs> like, when I, when, I, when I think back, that video was really hard to do because, like, I, I, I think I tried to do it a couple of times. So, like, and I wasn't sure if I should even do it. I wasn't even sure, like, should I share this online? Part of me was thinking maybe I shouldn't tell anything, maybe I shouldn't say anything and just like go off the grid for like the next few months until I get better. Um, That's how like I was thinking. But then I also thought like, no, like I should probably share my experience because there are so many other people who probably like, you know, just especially around my age who probably wouldn't even think that, oh, I can't get cancer. Like, you know, it's going to be completely fine. Um, and it's, it's, I'm glad I did because I have gotten emails and messages from other people who have read my blog post, who have watched my video, um, and found out they've also, they've also got cancer, which is just insane. Absolutely insane. Um, so I think to myself, like, you know, if, if I, if that makes a difference in that way, then it's worth it. I completely agree. Yeah, I get it. 
yeah, I obviously can't imagine what it was like going through that. And, and like you said, how difficult it must have been to film that. But you're right to, to, to be able to do that and at least have, have somebody or many people. I, um, I cringe when I look back at that video as well. I can't watch it. Like I think to myself, that was a that was a completely different person. That wasn't me. That's how I see it. Like that in was what a complete. Way? Like I think to myself, um, because I think anyone who gets cancer right is is gonna it, the way they think, the way they act, the way they think about anything is gonna change. And I, I remember thinking back to that sort of time where, where obviously you're unsure about everything. So like I think to myself, and I look at that person, I think, man, that person had no idea what is going to happen like that person didn't know what the next few weeks are going to be like what the next few months are going to be like um so it's just so funny because i i don't like watching that video it's so uncomfortable so uncomfortable <laughs> that is understandable um but obviously thankfully you like came through it it made me realize that i needed to focus um focus on like things that were just more important to me and focus and, and focus less on things that weren't. Just be like more, I, I don't know, it's, this, this, this is, I don't know how else to describe it other than like be more aggressive about my decisions and what I want and what I don't want. Instead of being like, oh, should I do this, should I do that? Just, just knowing what I want. And also time, like valuing time was the most important thing. Because um, I realized like, oh, I can't be spending my time doing things I don't want to do. Especially when I'm in a position where, when when there are things I don't want to do, I can pay someone else to do them. Yes. So that sort of really, I think that was the biggest thing I took away from it, was just valuing my time more and focusing more on the things that I want to do. As a result, is that, are there things that you actually just stopped there and then because it sounds like what you what you were doing is things that you wanted to do before yeah yeah i, th yeah. I, I, th I think I, I i am trying to think back what did i not enjoy doing? i think maybe it was like if i didn't if i didn't want to do like a client client project or maybe i didn't want to see a friend or whatever or maybe i, I did maybe a friend I, I don't know it could be anything really um Maybe I just didn't want to do something like go to an event or something or whatever. I could, I, like now I'm just like, no, I'm not going. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not going. Or now I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do that. And you're not going to tell me otherwise. Um, and unfortunately, I also think it's made me a bit more rude and it's and a bit more like, um, you know, just like less accommodating for for other things and for other people. I think that's also been a bad side effect of it. But at the same time, that's the only way I'm going to be able to get what I want, basically, in the nicest way possible. That doesn't sound nice when I say it like that. but No, uh, <laughs> no. I think what you're saying is actually really good, though. You are doing things for you. You're not trying to people, please. You're not trying to do it for mm. anyone else. It's mm. that whole, hell yeah, do I actually really want to do this or am yeah. I doing it for somebody else? Yeah, yeah. And actually, that's, that's a really, really good way to live because otherwise you do things for other people and you resent them and it ends up making things 10 times worse versus mm. hang on I know what I want to do and that's not to say that you won't ever do something for anyone that's just to say hey you'll you'll do it from a good place and and whatever you do there for you will fully be present or or give it your all um, one one side benefit this is such a this makes me laugh every time one side benefit of I guess having cancer is that everyone is so much nicer to me 
because everyone feels sorry for me, which is just so freaking hilarious. <laughs> like I've noticed like people are so much more, so much more accommodating on like what I want. And like when I, when I don't feel like doing something, I've realized a lot more people are just like, oh, you know, oh, he's had cancer. He's fine. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> have you ever taken advantage? Um, I'm trying to think, have I? Like, what have I done? I, I don't think I've taken advantage of it. I hope not anyway. <laughs> I really hope not. And I think I've ever really pulled the cancer card because I, I like, I, 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 the only time it ever comes up is like, it will never come up in like random conversation. It will only really ever come up with like friends when like, maybe if I've made a new friend and we've known each other for a while and we talk about random things and maybe we talk about what we did back whenever, um, it will come up then, but yeah, I don't, I don't actually talk about it that much. And I don't like to, like people, some people even like still comment on my videos now. We're like, oh, you know, how's your health situation? And I'm just yeah. like, I remember I replied to a comment once and I said, please go watch my other videos. But it looked, the comment looked really like rude. Like here's this person caring and like asking how, how you are. And I'm just telling him, just go watch my other video. And it it came across really rude, but like, I'll, I, I and then people commented like saying I'm rude and I'm just like, I'm sick of it now. Like, yeah. you know, if you're not going to make the effort of like watching my other videos where I've literally said, I'm, this is going to be my last video discussing this thing because yeah. there is nothing else to discuss going forward. Like, yeah, it's just hard. Like there's no win-win here. And um, yeah, like, it's just, it's just hard. Yeah. 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 But I guess, I guess that's fair. Right. If you <laughs> very clearly said, Hey guys, this, this is this, mm. that that's on them. Um, I guess kind of out of that then is as well, you do so many different things. You wear so many hats. If you could only pick one of those things to, to do for the rest oh, of your life. Don't which ask one me that question. <laughs> I'm just not that type of person. Unfortunately, like, I can't, I can't do, like, I can't do one thing. It's why I do such a mix of other stuff. Like, I think I would lose my mind if I had to focus on one thing. Okay. I think as a, create, as, a, as a sort of creative person, it doesn't work for me to do one thing. Um, I think when I think about the thing I enjoy most doing, it's probably photography. Probably. But yeah, I think it's probably photography. Like, I love the whole process of, like, taking pictures and editing them and, like, getting the shot. Um, and it's funny because I, it's not really something I make a lot of money from, like... I'll do, I'll do the odd sort of like client shoot, you could say here and there, but it's not something I market really. Like when I go on holiday, I don't go on holiday thinking, oh, I'm going to have time off here. I go on holiday thinking I'm going to take a lot of pictures. <laughs> so. Oh, I love that. So yeah, I, I, I think photography is one of the things I love most. And I think it will be the thing that I do forever. Like I could see myself being 70 years old and still taking pictures. So, that's that's something for you then, right? Yeah. Like the other things are businesses and things that you can make money out of. And mm. it sounds like photography is money or no money. Actually, this is this is what I really, really love. Yeah. That's nice. Sure. Okay. Side topic. Um, your second YouTube channel. Mm. What was the thought process behind that? I'll be honest, it's making money. Okay, fair. <laughs> like, I love it. it. Here I thought like channels like Graham Stephan and some other finance channels discussing finance and i thought to myself like oh this is like interesting stuff i'm always interested in other people's finances which is so nosy um 
But like, I'm always interested in like how I can optimize my money, how I can make more money, how I can get the most out of money, basically. Um, I just thought to myself, hey, you know, I could make a channel here. I can make videos on me making money. Like, make, and it's just hilarious, it really, because it's just a never ending cycle. Um, yeah, if I'm being upfront, it is literally just about me sharing like my financial and business experiences and making money from that. Um, and yeah, it, it, it does really well on that. The, the CPMs and the RPM on that channel is absurd. Like, like the RPM is like $10, something ridiculous. And my tech channel, the RPM is like $3, $2, something like that. So like, it's like more than triple. So I can get a third amount of views, but make the same amount of money. Um, but obviously it doesn't get as many views as tech videos naturally because the market is so much smaller. Um, so yeah. And like, it's easy as well. I just set up a camera and I sit behind a desk and I just talk into the mic. I don't have to do any fancy B roll. A script for one of those videos could take me only like 30 minutes to write out and it would just be like bullet points. And then I'll record it in 30 minutes and then I'll edit it in like 30 minutes and it'll be up. Like it's really a quick, quick process. Damn, that is really quick. Bloody hell, how yeah. long does your, one of your normal videos take? Like a, like a tech video, like an iPhone review, that will take me probably like a day, two days um, of work. I'd say like nine to like sort of like 18 hours of work. It really depends. Car videos are the ones that take the longest. Um, right. But like iPhone reviews and MacBook reviews and stuff. Yeah, writing a script for something like that could take me a couple of hours, a few hours, because obviously I'm using the product already. I already have everything stored in my head. It's already there. And then, yeah, like I'll just say it all in front of camera and people don't actually see, but I have an iPad with all of my bullet points and my script just below the camera. So like the parts where the B-roll is over the top and you don't see my face, I'm actually looking at the iPad reading the bullet points or the script. <laughs> Love it. So... Um, yeah, that's how I do it. And yeah, like I, tr I try and make my videos as lean as possible, especially like I remember when the iPhones first came out and I would do an unboxing video. And my iPhone unboxing video has got like half a million views, my latest one, something like that. Um, and that took me four hours from like getting the iPhone, taking delivery of it, setting up the cameras, unboxing it, editing it, uploading it and publishing it, it took me like four hours. Bloody hell. So, How? Yeah, I try and make everything super quick. <laughs> Shit. I need to take a leaf out of your book. I used to, not that I make videos anymore, but I would spend hours just trying to script something out. It would be insane. <laughs> and then I'd spend like 10 hours editing it and it's, it doesn't look like it's someone spent an hours editing it. Yours actually does look like someone spent more than that editing it. Like yours are just so Maybe. good. <laughs> I don't know. You say that. I think to myself, my editing style is super, super basic and super simple. Um, I think because like, I'm not adding any fancy like animations. I'm not adding any fancy transitions. Um, I'm just adding clean cuts and I'm hoping like what I say and the B roll just makes up for it. And I, yeah, I think it does, but I still think I've got a long way to go, a, a long way to go. Like, I think there's so many more things I could do. And like my channel, I know, I know it has the potential to grow a lot more, but like, like I'm just trying to figure out how and like what to do next and sort of, yeah, I, I'm just trying to figure it all out still. I'm learning so, I've still got so much to learn. Like what does your typical week look like? And and is it a typical week? Does does each week look the same? Do you kind of say, okay, well, YouTube gets three three days a week, the store gets one day a week or, or what does it kind of look like? Yeah, it can vary, but I try to do like YouTube two to three days a week. 
And then I do the other two to three days, like the, the rest of the week doing other stuff, whether it be running like the business, like running the other businesses or me just working on something else. Like, like I've recently started working on Blender, for example, making like 3D renders and things like that. Um, and like, there's no end goal there for making Blender renders. It's just for fun. I've always wanted to do it, but it does take time to learn it. It does take time doing these tutorials and stuff. Um, so yeah, I try to only do YouTube two to three days a week. It can be more, it can be less depending on the content schedule, basically. I think that's one of the things that's come out of this that I just absolutely love is that you, uh, yes, okay, you want to make money, but you go into everything with this open learning mindset of mm. like, look, I just want to learn this. I just want to grow. I just want to develop. We'll see where it goes. And if I can make money out of it, then like, great, I will yeah. figure it out. And I think that's such a healthy and great mindset to have. Um, it's lovely to hear. Parting advice for anyone who is a budding entrepreneur that wants to get into something. I think it's, it's what we discussed at the beginning, where you just got to keep trying lots of things. Because the more and more you put yourself out there, the more and more you try different things, something will stick. Something will stick. I feel like every single entrepreneur I know has done exactly the same. Where like, rarely ever has it been the first thing that, that stuck. And it usually, and people think like, you know, you have the one breakout thing and that's it. Usually what happens is I found from a lot of entrepreneurs is they'll start something, it will fail. They'll start something else, it will fail. They'll start something and then that grows. But then they end up starting something else and that grows further. And then the next thing grows even further than that. And I think to myself, like, I'm not even 30 yet. I've still got so many more years of like work ahead of me, work experience ahead of me. I think I, I like, I don't know what I could be doing in 10 years or in five years or in two years. Um, but hopefully, like, you know, the next thing is bigger than what I'm doing now. And that's how I feel like every single entrepreneur goes through life. Olia, thank you so, so much for coming. Thanks for having me. This was wonderful and enlightening. Hey there, thanks for watching. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can watch the last episode here and catch up with the rest of the season over here. Links to where you can find Olia are all in the description. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.